following program is rated BBMALSA. It contains strong language, sexual situations, awesomeness, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Listener indiscretions are advised. Welcome to our Bliss Bringers podcast. The materials we cover encourage adults of all ages, nationalities, and sexualities to open up and embrace their wildest desires and blissful pleasures. You won't find medical advice here, just our personal experiences following the journey of sexual evolution and education in sizzling fun topics that were definitely not taught to us in school, but have wickedly blossomed into reality. We discuss adventures in ethical non-monogamy, kinks and fetishes, exotic places to visit, sexy events, workshops, and tips. Allow us to seduce you into embarking on new adventures where each day you ask yourself, what's your pleasure? Welcome back to the Bliss Bringers podcast. We're recording on June 16th and I'm Professor T and the whole team is here. We've got my luscious husband, the captain, and I'm Mr. Cindy, and John, just John. And today we're going to be talking about sacred sexuality with our very special guest, Stealthy Diva. Welcome, Stealthy Diva. Thank you, Professor. Now, before we get to sacred sexuality, does anyone have any personal updates that they'd like to share? We heard you do. We want to hear more. Yeah, I will share. Um, we, yeah, we have something to share. <laughs> we were visiting my daughter and we were in the car chatting away. Professor T and I d- discussed whether we would feel comfortable telling her and uh, telling her about the podcast. Yeah, telling her about the podcast. She knows oh. the lifestyle, but telling her about the podcast. And um, we thought, well, you know, it's got to flow, so we're not too sure. No, we decided we weren't comfortable telling her about the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or at least you. Uh, however, however, I felt bad about it because I thought, you know, we discuss everything together and I didn't feel good about that. So anyway, we were in the car and one thing led to another. And next thing you know, out it comes. We're doing a podcast. It's called Bliss Bringers. Yeah, I had said that maybe we could tell her that we're podcasting, but we don't have to tell her the name of the podcast, so she doesn't necessarily have to find the podcast. Well, how old is your daughter? 28. And it went over very well. It It, actually did. It really did. It went over very well, and we didn't get too technical about it. No. At all. We're not Um, that creepy. But we felt... We felt it was, it, I, I, and I shared with her that I felt really nice that we were out of the closet and Aww. that she knew about it. And she was actually, I don't yeah. even know if she's shocked anymore no, she by wasn't. what we do. She wasn't but shocked at all. She said, I know that you do all kinds of things and I just need to get over the discomfort. You're my parents. You have sex. That's good. It's not a weird thing. That's so, good. Yeah. And so when, have you guys spoken with her since the news has broken? Well, we spent a whole, we were with her for quite a few days yeah, after that. We spent a few days okay. with her after that. And it was very, it was went over very it's well. Fine. Like there's no problem whatsoever. But I, but I did share with her a few days later, just out of the blue. I said, you know what? I feel so light. That I'm that we're out of the closet here. Good for and, you. Uh, I'm that, really proud of you guys. Yeah, yeah. well, thanks. But just don't be overcome stuff. with the same need when we're with my mom and dad. No. Okay? <laughs> no. Although you know what, I do no. get the urge on occasion. No. No. <laughs> have you well, tried beating him? Well, we should. Uh, I have tried beating him actually. <laughs> it just makes him excited. <laughs> anyway. Okay. But, so that's our personal update. And Stealthy Diva, you were at a cuddle party. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. 
I was. It was really interesting. I've never been to a cuddle party before. There is a whole variety of different people there, and it's a non-sexual event, so clothes stayed on. And there was a teaching about boundaries, and it was really interesting to look around the room and see the variety of people and the struggles that people have with keeping healthy boundaries as far as sexuality goes, and sometimes even in other parts of their life as well, but um, predominantly in uh, sexual situations. And then, you know, uh, they got into the cuddling. So, you know, asking um, if you wanted to be touched or if you wanted to touch someone or cuddle with them or spoon with them and yeah it was kind of fun and kind of hot and not over the top racy by any means but it was certainly interesting to participate so so do do you just cuddle with one person at a time like how does it work No, like they had whole groups of people cuddling at the same time and you kind of just float around the room and see where you want to fit in and ask permission and cuddle and some people would go off into the corner by themselves like just two people and um, things would get a little bit uh, more heated but uh, clothes stayed on. And did everybody cuddle with somebody? No, some people did not. That was certainly a a choice. How many people were there? There was about 25 of us. And the age ranges were probably, probably 30s up to the 60s. That sounds good. Can I ask a question on what type of examples of... Uh, the boundaries. So if you don't want to um, be touched by someone, if they seem creepy to you, that is a boundary. Do you think it's almost like an introduction or a stepping stone? Absolutely. I absolutely think that. So you'd go to another Um, one? Yeah, I would go to another one. Our guest today, Stealthy Diva, is well-versed in the arts of sacred sexuality. And she also released her Power Femme recently at the Forte Femme Workshop with Midori that I also attended in San Francisco. She's a committed practitioner of sexual healing and has experience in both traditional and alternative medical realms with an emphasis on pelvic health and fertility. Again, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Professor. So how do you describe yourself and your sexual identity? Uh, My sexual identity? Well, I guess that's evolving. Um, I'm learning more and more about myself um, as I explore. So um, that's, I guess, how I would describe myself. Okay. And do you have a shade of gray? I think for me, it's going to those deeply intimate intimate places. uh, That is really juicy for me. So that could take on a lot of different, uh, look a lot of different ways. But that is the most fun when I have a deep, deep soulful connection with my partner. But I know that I've also seen you in thigh high boots. Yes, you have. And that was pretty kinky. That was a little bit kinky. So (laughs) yeah, there is that side to me too. (laughs) So that's 
kind of fun. Yeah. It's okay. We won't judge. <laughs> they were my boots. So oh. Actually, we judge and we yeah. score. Oh, do you? So, in your day-to-day life, how out are you about your involvement in sacred sexuality? You know what? I'm getting more and more out, and hearing your story about um, sharing with your daughter was really um, inspiring for me. So, so most people have heard of tantra or tantric methods, but not a lot of people know what it is. And you said that you prefer to use the term sacred sexuality. So can you say a little bit more about what that is? How would you describe that to someone who's not familiar with it? Well, I think that there's a lot of different traditions that teach sacred sexuality, whether it's, uh, you know, within Chinese medicine or Eastern uh, principles like um, um, East Indian principles with Tantra. And uh, then there's the indigenous teachings that are in North America and Central America with the Kudoshka teachings. So that was actually my first exploration into sexual, sacred sexuality. The Kudoshka. Kudoshka. Yeah, I went to my first Kudoshka um, probably about 10 years ago. And that was the most healing that I've ever done in a four day span in my life. And it took years for that to unwind um, in my interactions with uh, men in healthy ways and even just um, really reaping the rewards of the, the work that I did to heal. So, like, for example, being able to move orgastic energy through my body, um, so much better, so much clearer after uh, really going for it at my first cue. So, so what, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. What, how do you do that how do you move for gastric <laughs> I know I'm just my hands going tell me more tell yeah. me more <laughs> well there's a lot of different ways and I'm certainly not the expert in kudoshkas and I'll, I'll certainly forward you that information um, for your listeners but sure. um, you know there's energetic exercises that they do and really when whenever you go to a workshop whether it's a kudoshka or forte femme or wherever it is whatever uh, concern or issue that you're working on in your life at that time is going to come forward to be a dressed and um in my experience it's amplified tenfold and I get to work it through. And one of the one of the things that I've learned and not necessarily through the Kwadoshka, I'm not sure where I learned it first, but just even talking about women and the G spot and G spot holds trauma. So getting that moved out of the G spot usually gives women much more ability to have a better, more blissful orgasms. That sounds really good. The energetic work, for me, it was about um, releasing some of the trauma and learning how to take pleasure into my body. And they have different exercises for that. And my level of participation was, you know, chosen by me in that moment. And the instructors were great in supporting me. So if I would hit a big bump in the road they were willing to talk me down off the ceiling so that was great and they're really well trained so I believe that they have to uh, study for about 15 years before they're given the mantle to teach and share those teachings so what is energetic practice I mean I think for some people that's going to seem like a really foreign idea how can I explain that 
Like, is it like meditation or are there exercises that you do to, with energy or? It was very physical. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, not just about the meditation. There's certainly the going within part, but, um, very physical about coming into balance energetically with chakras. You know, they, they have uh, a variety of different exercises that you do and you partner up with someone in the room and uh, work on that. And they're really quite protective about the sacredness of their teachings. So um, I'm not sure how much I can really share. Okay. So and what about Tantra? So Tantra is a less protected method. So most of my Tantra um, teachings have come through uh, reading that I've done and I've done a fair bit of reading and working with a dear friend of mine in Vancouver um, his name is James Smith and I'll give you his contact information and he's a, a sexual healer and a tantric healer very very skillful so a lot of what tantra is is like sometimes I think people think oh it's about getting into kinky positions and doing you know different things sexually but so much of it is really about um, the intimacy piece so the eye gazing is a big component and creating a safe container and knowing your boundaries so I think sometimes um and this came up at the cuddle party last night too is certain women around the room were astonished to realize that they don't even know what they want so when you don't even know what you want how do you communicate that to your partner so that is certainly part of it and breathing exercises and merging your energy with another person and there's certainly you know hot sexual encounters as well so it's not just about eye gazing and uh, doing some deep breathing exercises so the captain and yeah. I started reading what's her name Margot Anon's book The Art of Sexual Ecstasy right and it, there's a lot it's quite involved it's very involved I very mean involved. we realized it would it's it's a commitment it is a commitment and I don't think that you can read a book and do it once and feel like you've mastered it and I think really having um, a really uh, professional guide to assist us with those pieces is really helpful to um, you know learn that skill it's like a mentor to a different level level yeah absolutely James does is he like a mentor or a partner or both. He's a really dear friend, and um, you know I've I've done personal healing with him definitely, and I've uh, we've discussed working together, and he's been teaching me different techniques because I I am a healer, and this is certainly one of the realms that I feel needs to be addressed more and more to help people um, step into their power. And especially for women, I I tend to work more with women than I do with men. And um, I think really um, claiming our sexual power is paramount, uh, you know, as far as having more joy in our life, being better in business. So my business flourishes every time that um, I go away and I do some of my own healing work. And that's no mistake. 
So it ripples out in every aspect of our lives. Do you see this as a kind of holistic practice then? It's not just about sexuality? I think that's what it's going to be for me. I'm still trying to unravel what it's going to be for me. And yeah. and you you explore this on on your own, right? Not with a regular mm-hmm. partner. Uh yeah, on my own for sure. And I mean James has certainly been helpful with that piece. So some yeah. listeners might think that because these are sexual practices or because sacred sexuality is sexual that you might need a partner to learn the methods, but obviously you don't. Is there a limit to how much you can do without a partner or can you effectively learn these methods as a single person? You know what? Right now I'm I'm single and I think that our sexuality ultimately always comes back to us and our relationship with ourselves uh, first and foremost. So healing that is number one and then you know exploring with others outside of that is uh sort of the litmus test of how how comfortable you are with that next piece that you work through so i think that um we need engagements with other people but ultimately there are certain parts of the journey that is ours to do alone but so for example the art of sexual ecstasy a lot of the exercises are designed for couples Mm -hmm. so how how would somebody pursue that so i think that you would need somebody to to work with for that because those are coupled um paired um teaching so you certainly do need a partner for that because of the nature of those exercises absolutely absolutely but i mean like for example the microcosmic orbit breathing um you can certainly start doing that by yourself and then um engage with a partner and can you say a little more about the microcosmic orbit Well, that's moving energy up through your body and through your chakra system and out the the crown chakra and then moving it back down to the root chakra and circulating it and building energy. So you can certainly do that by yourself and then take it into a partnership. Bouncing that off of each other is very, very powerful and it builds the energy even more. Hey, are you guys practicing? Because I am behind <laughs> you. <laughs> are you? Yeah, heck yeah, I am. I'm not very well versed in the chakras, so I, I think I'm finding it a little bit hard to um, picture. Captain, need to help her. <laughs> help, help her. He doesn't know anything about chakras. No. <laughs> so, who, what kind of people do you think these sorts of methods would appeal to? I think there's a couple of different audiences. So I think um, one of the one of the big populations are people who've been in partnership for a while and they're getting bored and things are stale and they want to spice things up. I think that's one one group that it would appeal to. I think another um, segment of the population is people who um have uh, hit the wall as far as trauma goes and they're not able to engage in um, in a sexual way at the level that they they want to and don't know why so healing that trauma I think that's another population 
So for if someone who's listening is interested in pursuing these sacred sexuality practices, where should they start? Well, I think doing some reading, I can certainly share some of the resources um, that I know. And um, then just feeling it out, what feels right for you and talk to the people who are teaching or facilitating and um, see, see if it feels like a fit. So we all have a bullshit barometer and we just have to tune into that, I think. Myself, you know, when I when I first started hearing people talking about Tantra and the breathing, you know, the first thing that always comes to my mind is, oh, they're a bunch of hippies. Yeah. But, you know, over over probably the, just the last five years, I have completely changed my way of thinking because my own sexuality has evolved. And one of the core things that have helped me with, you know, experience awesome orgasms is breathing. So there's some connection and correlation with, you know, the various types of um, sexuality and sensual uh, education. And along with that comes the breathing, you know, whether it has to do with chakra or if people don't want to use the, the verbiage of chakra, there are points in our bodies that I myself personally experienced energy that I, I didn't realize that I, I even had inside me. So it's, it's awesome to hear you and the experiences that you've learned along your way and you're willing to share it with people. Thank you. And that really brings forward another huge, huge piece for me. So it's, uh, it's almost devastating to see how many, um, women get on my table and are not vital in their bodies and their pelvises and, um, you know, so it's many. time to have so much more enjoyment out of life and engagement. And I think we don't even know how numb we are sometimes. Oh, I, yeah, I have met quite a few young ladies, you know, under the age of 30 that they themselves have said they have no libido. And yeah. I'm thinking at myself going, oh, my gosh, if only I were your age again, I'd be yeah. a little horny dog. But I, <laughs> I understand what, you know, yeah. what these young is. ladies, <laughs> <laughs> what these young ladies are talking about, because I myself experienced a similar um, lack of sex drive in my 20s. And I didn't know much about my body. It, there's mm-hmm. just isn't an awareness out there in the mainstream world. Absolutely. And I mean, sometimes it is very much about a biochemical imbalance and you need the right practitioners to take care of that. Hormones can be out of balance and, you know, women, women have all kinds of different issues that are going on through different stages of their life, whether it's childbirth, menopause, um, you know, postpartum pieces that totally affect um, sexuality. And the way that we experience um, pleasure in our in our physicality, and I mean, there's the psychological component too. So it's not an easy thing to unwind all the time. Sometimes it's complex and multifaceted, but it's totally worth the journey. So, so we will get yeah. some recommendations from you to post on our website for books and websites, mm-hmm. teachers, yeah, and we'll and post some DVDs. those. Oh, perfect. Is there anything else that you feel like we need to know about sacred sexuality before we close this segment of the show? Or if there's just one thing you want people to take home from this, what would it be? I think that it really comes back to the breathing all over again. And, um, 
that that is the key to everything. That's really interesting because I think most people would would think, oh, well, this is a sexual practice. So to bring it back mm-hmm. to breathing is like totally. not what people are expecting. Right? They're expecting something more all. hands on. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone listening to this would, you know, why wouldn't you even want to just explore this? Who knows what doors it would open? Well, I've been totally shocked. Yeah. In some of the places that I've gone. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And some of the places that I've seen other people go as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much for you. spending time with us today and sharing Thank your you for sex, welcoming me. Your expertise. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great information. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we we talked a little bit with Stealthy Diva about orgiastic energy moving through the body. And it kind of reminded all of us of the massage by Claudia that we've all had in when we were at Desire in Cancun. And we all have this experience where Claudia does these sensual massages. We talked about it in our episode about maximizing desire. And... It kind of is like an experience of sacred sexuality. She doesn't call it that, but she calls her business a touch of magic, and it certainly does feel kind of magical. And Cindy, I remember you had yours first, and you had a really cathartic experience with Claudia, where you really felt... It wasn't it cathartic? It was. It was. It was very good. That was a great choice of word. <laughs> So um, is that, can you describe that to our listeners? To yeah. Give a firsthand account Absolutely. of what it feels like when that orgiastic energy moves through the body. <laughs> orgiastic. You know, Isn't that what Stealthy Diva called it? Orgiastic. Orgiastic. You know, I thought we made up a good I li- word. I, like I thought the name. you just took it. <laughs> That's a great word. All right. So, um, I, you know, it took me a while after my my experience with Claudia to really put words to what happened to me because the way that we walked through those doors and my expectations were set through stories that we had heard about um, Claudia's sensual massage and she only provides massages for couples uh, in all the hotels down there in Cancun know her. Um, wow. Do all the hotels, like even the regular hotels, know her? We heard that all those hotels up and down Cancun actually book her up weeks in advance. Really? And I so thought it was only Desire. No, 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 no. It's uh, all the new chains. I don't know if they're owned by the same one, but anyhow, let's just say word about Claudia has spread up and down the coastline. And, you know, walking into her room... You know, Professor T, I don't know if you're, what your first thought was, but I remember looking at, she has a lot of patrons to saints and, you know, yes. sort of religious stuff. And so if people haven't grown up in that environment, you might be thinking, okay, this chick's whacked out. And that's the first thing that I thought of. And I'm like, okay, how are you giving me a sensual massage? But I'm looking at the Madonna. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. That was my first experience. I mean, my first impression. When I left, wow, my body was tingling. I mean, I I had little energies, almost like when you're the pinprick 
on your skin and you feel like a lot of little needles, like when your foot goes to sleep. I was having this tingling sensation on my fingertips into my hands and then they started on my feet and it, it was almost like an energy source. I hate using that hippie term, but it was almost like there was a rush going up my wrist through my arm and my shoulder and everything was doing the same with my feet to my legs to my hips. And, over time, she she brought in just John to help her do these circular massages, you know, um, patterns with me. You, he became on one side and she was on the other. I'm laying face down. I'm loving the attention, which did take me a little time to relax into because I don't normally surrender. But this was the most relaxing moment. And when I'm feeling that tingling and rushing, oh, man, it was mind blowing. My My brain felt like it was swimming in circles. Yep. Yeah, and it's also that experience, like you said, of really being attended to. Mm. You know, we don't get that very often. No. And I think for me, that's why I've really been enjoying the 15-minute orgasm stuff, too, because it's like you get that undivided attention. Something that we don't yeah, all I mean, get. Personally, I'm I'm not a big believer in all of the fancy voodoo stuff, but I do see, I mean, many a case that it is possible to get the mind into various altered states by giving it different unknown inputs and giving a lot of attention and and making people lose track of their current state of mind. Did you, what was your impression watching what was happening to me? Because I felt like there's a transformation, but what did you, how would you describe that moment as the looker of your wife? I think you were like fairly euphoric there. I got really religious in my head. <laughs> no, th- think, <laughs> thinking, thinking about it right now, it, it, it's sort of comparable to if you're like doing a really good BDSM scene. Yeah. Where well, that's what I kind of thought when you were talking, because you get that when you're working on someone, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you, you also aim to get to have, take them out. Like you like freaking them out, so they don't know where it's coming from and who's doing it exactly and what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and once that, the, so the mind always tries to be in control, and if you overwhelm it with inputs, then after a certain point, it gives up trying to hold on. And and once it releases control, then it, it creates an entirely new state of of being for, for the brain. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, having the two of them doing a circular pattern and my mind was racing. It was just, it was racing, 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 racing. I couldn't figure out wh- who was where. Did you see any color? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you know whose hands were whose? I couldn't tell whose hands were who. And funny that you said color because I was having a religious moment. It felt like for the first time in my life, I don't remember ever like wanting to just break down and cry and go, I'll go to heaven right now, sir. (laughs) Just take me because I was in a state was there was oranges and reds bursting in my eyes. And my eyes are covered this whole entire time. Uh, going through my fingertips, up through my arm and through my legs, it was all orange, red, yellows. 
And it was awesome. It went through me, and this is going to sound voodoo-y again, but it did go through my skull. I felt like I was explosive. And it wasn't like an orgasm. I went in there thinking, oh, this woman probably gives the best hand jobs ever. You know, that's why <laughs> everyone's telling the stories about this woman. She gives you a sensual deep tissue massage. Mm-hmm, that's what I expected. <laughs> she doesn't enter any orifices. <laughs> and oh. I had... The only thing I can think of is a euphoric state state of mind that I have never experienced before. And I'm not one of those hippie voodoo chicks that believes in this stuff. So I became a big believer. When she turned me over, I was in tears. I could not stop crying. My stomach was pulsating. It was almost embarrassing. But when I, you know, I noticed my body was shaking and quivering that I tried to control it, which made it worse. And then when I surrendered a little further, tears were just flooding out of me. I couldn't stop. It was a happy feeling, though. What were the tears about? I have no idea. I was happy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do you, do you cry after a good orgasm? I know I do. <laughs> so I was. No, thinking. I laugh. Okay, I do. <laughs> I, I always laugh. You laugh at people. Oh, was it the best No, I don't got? laugh at people. When 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 the captain and I have an orgasm, we always laugh. When oh. we finish having sex, we're always laughing. That's great. That's great. No, yeah. I didn't. I was not sad at all. They were tears of happiness because I was in such a great feeling, great state of mind. So I do believe what Stealthy Diva does. You know, she uses the hippie terms, but I got to tell you, there is some truth to it. Did Did you listen to the Nicole Day Dom? Ted lecture, no. Ted talk. Uh uh-uh. uh. Because what, what it's funny what you just just described that you had with Claudia. She describes this exact same reaction when that guy uh, took her for the first time to do the, his fifteen minute orgasm technique. Oh. The guy who did it on her for the first time. Right. Who just kind of told her to lie back, surrender, and let him go. To it with his finger and and she said she had never had that kind of attention before and she was crying uh see and quivering and all of that yep yep i believe it i believe it and so yeah i think the stealthy diva what stealthy diva is talking about with the sensual energy yes and what the 15 minute orgasm does with the also with the energy and the focus mm-hmm. and the massage by Claudia. Yep. It's almost beyond sex. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. a, that's one of the personal personal growth moments is realizing that these the body has so much power that we don't understand, mm-hmm. but they can be triggered by sexuality, but it's not it's not purely sex. It's the Wow, this stuff is legal. You can't even buy this on the shelf or anything. This is a great, great feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm a happier girl when that happens. Yeah. Hey, I, when you, in your moments, uh, did you have like tingling for several minutes after she stopped? My head to. T- I had that whole. I had a total out of body experience after she stopped. I I didn't know, like I was very aware of my body and also kind of. I couldn't figure out where my body was in space. <laughs> like, I knew I was on the massage table, but I was, like, lost. <laughs> I was lost. <laughs> it was Yeah, bizarre. but was it a good I loss? I didn't want to get up. 
it was a good loss. It was really good. I didn't want to move. I felt so warm and so safe, so relaxed and completely, like I said, I, I had lost track of, yeah, of what was going on. I mean, I was, yeah, it was, it was really, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to move. So I guess the point with yours and my awesome experience and all the many stories about Claudia, I think that the rule should be everyone going to Cancun must visit Claudia with their partner at least once in a lifetime. Don't knock it till you try. Yeah, it's definitely worth trying. So, and I wonder if this also ties back to that, that point in the TED talk where she talks about how the, how, Female orgasm is like the key to opening women's healing their, I don't know, damaged souls or something. I can't remember how she. She's right. It's excellent. She's right. Yeah. There is something she about females' that, orgasms. Nothing. Yeah. That's very powerful. Yeah. I'm going to watch that talk again tonight, too. I think everyone needs to listen to I that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, anyhow, but from the, the guys, though, what about Captain's experience with Claudia? He really he liked it, but I think he he liked the the massage at desire better. You know, they were they were good too. They practices a light a light version of Claudia. I thought they were really good also at uh, desire. Such yeah, a- but they were more about I thought trying to make you have orgasms. Yeah. Oh, they didn't yeah, do that until I felt your cock when she put the cock in my hand. Really? I thought, it, again, I thought, oh, my God, the massage therapist is wearing a strap-on. No, she, you, you thought this was a guy. Oh, oh, I know. That's why I'm like, oh, my God. Well, with me, they kept sticking the, the, the tip of that oil, the massage oil bottle up between my legs and rubbing rubbing me with it. And I was having, like, oh, I thought that orgasm was after orgasm after orgasm. What? I had about six orgasms. Oh my what? god. During the, the sensual massage at desire. I think you should repeat that part again. And she would kept going and going and going. Keep going. <laughs> Professor T. Wait. And and he could hear me and that was turning him on. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm serious. Like I, I, I just kept coming and coming and coming. Wow. So, I missed some that's why he really liked that. I didn't have that experience. I had a good fuck. Yeah, well, you know, I, maybe it was one of those, like, results not typical. <laughs> uh, because we also, that was our first time at Desire, so we were just vibrating with the sexual energy Yeah. in the resort. I mean, we'd never experienced anything like it. We weren't swinging at that time, so we were just on overload, sensory overload, you know? Right. Like, we didn't even know this world existed. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, pretty, maybe. That would have been yeah. awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, we should try it. I think we're going to try it again. Oh, next time we go, I want to make Claudia a regular field trip. Luscious Labs with Professor T. And we have a, an ongoing lab report about the 15-minute orgasm. So we felt re-inspired this weekend listening to Nicole Daydon's TEDx talk. She's the author of Slow Sex, The Art and Craft of Female Orgasm, and she's the founder 
of one taste. And that's the, the company or the business that offers orgasm training in the 15 minute orgasm method, which is apparently called the orgasmic meditation method. We didn't know this. So anyway, we listened to the TEDx talk the other night. It's a really good talk. So it we'll is. have to put link to it in our show notes. And then we couldn't wait to try it again. So we had a kind of a breakthrough with it today. Why don't you tell we did. us, Captain? Uh, we decided to try this out. And so we got our positions. And we discovered that I was a little off on where one o'clock was. <laughs> one o'clock was uh, one o'clock of the clitoris, of the clit. And to focus on that area, and why I wasn't thinking that I was thinking that it was one o'clock of the vagina or of the. Well, you were pretty the, close. I was very close, but I really did think that it had to be one o'clock of the clit. And like just, where the clit, I, the clitoris right. is twelve o'clock, right. and then you went I, off I went, to the side. That's right. But I don't think that's but it's right. One o'clock. We're, we're discovering that it's actually one o'clock of the clit. Yeah. On the clit. Um, so because that's the, where the action is. Right. So the clit is 12 and 6, and you stay on the, but you rub 1 o'clock across the 12 and 6 of the clit. It's hard to explain. And it's funny because I think I've accidentally done that when uh, Professor T had that incredible orgasm. And today we really, I think we really secured that it is 1 o'clock of the clit. Yeah, on the clit. On the clit. You gotta exactly. be on there. Because so you gotta we were... be on the clit, but right. off. but just in the in the top left hand quadrant of it. Right. Okay, and, got it. And, and the thing is too. So when we listened to her talk, she talked about her first experience with this, and the guy who first showed it to her introduced it to her. Yeah. Who first introduced it to her just did that. Spent the, the 15 minutes totally giving her this experience. And then that was it. He didn't want anything from her after that. And so I said to the captain today, you know, I don't think I've ever had a sexual experience with a man that was completely and utterly about me, where there was not going to be anything in it for him afterwards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so... So he said, oh, well, today we're going to do it that way. But but by the time he was finished doing this 15-minute orgasm, I just couldn't wait to fuck. Yeah, I, I said, okay, I'm going now because I was going to be going to work. And I said, oh, and I'm going now. She said, you are? And I said, yes, this was about you. This is for you. She says, no, I want your cock in me. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's all about her. bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I can see how maybe on a different day, it might be nice to be able to do this with no expectations. I don't know. Mm. Anyway. We will report back on that. Yeah. So we are definitely going to do that. So So you're saying two thumbs up or 10 thumbs up? uh, No, today was, I would have to say it was a one thumb up, but two (laughs) thumbs up for the discovery. (laughs) One thumb in the wrong place. (laughs) Yeah. One thumb, only one thumb up. But it's definitely a two thumbs up for discovering uh, what we discovered. And the thing is, I think that's why I was wriggling. Because remember, yes. I always kind of you try to spasms. wriggle myself into positions so that 
the finger moves over just a little bit to right, the spot, right? right? So, and I, I was doing the same thing in Toronto in our other lab. Right, right. So we're learning. Was I, was I hitting closer to the spot there? Then? No, you were doing the same thing as he was. Right. Off to the side. Yeah, Off to the yeah. side just so a little. So this is a major But, but boy, when, because even that was good, right? Yeah. So I liked off to what, the side has been good. Yep. I liked what Captain did. Yeah. Good. So I think getting it right on, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to handle it. I am not going to miss the spot anymore. <laughs> I know where it is. So anyway, if the method is called orgasmic meditation. That sounds sort of um, sexy diva. It sounds sort of like um, a sacred sexual practice. Well, that's exactly what I'm thinking. It's totally sounding like that. And um, I think that it's also really important for women to not feel obligated to mm-hmm. um, give, like to really have the ability to receive is paramount for women. And I think that's a stumbling block for many of us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I think we've discovered something in there. With yeah. That. So, really. so we feel like now we're, I think that was the fifth time or maybe even the sixth time. And now wow. we feel like we're ready to take it to another level. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So were you using an eye mask? Were you covering your eyes or did you just relax and keep your eyes closed? No, I just had my eyes closed. Oh, and one of the things that he did with her, and I didn't do that today. However, because I go into a little bit of a meditation when I'm doing this. But I decided that I was going to open my eyes and look and see what was happening. And that was rather interesting. Um, and then I, I had forgotten and tra- uh, Professor T reminded me that he actually described what her, her lips, what her clit looked like. He actually described, yeah, he described it for the whole her. genitalia. Right. Like everything. Yeah. And what uh, he was seeing, what the different colors were. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and this is on TechEd? Yeah. Ted. Head X. And what's the name of it again? Um, her, well, her name is Nicole Day Dawn. Okay. And I'm gonna post the. Sh- I'll, I'll send you a link, but we'll post it on. Uh, we'll post it. I'm on. hungry for the info now. It's it's an excellent talk. It's only 15 it, it minutes. It's totally worth listening yeah. to or watching. The she's cure for hunger. Of course, she's also yes. She thinks that every woman should experience orgasm. That it's the cure to the. Sorry, we're having a thunderstorm here, so that's the background noise you're hearing. Wow, I can hear it. Yeah, it's that's quite fantastic. Uh, but she says that every woman needs to unlock that that hunger, that emptiness inside her, and that orgasm is the key. Mm-hmm. I'm sending it to my daughters right now. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that, stealthy diva? Does that make sense? I totally. It totally makes sense. So when we're repressing our desires, that's not a healthy thing. So even just recognizing desires and then engaging and um, very, very powerful. And that's about women stepping into their power and seeing what they want, how they want it, when they want it. Yeah. And not just in sexuality either. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. Yeah. I think it really can extend to all aspects of life. Absolutely. And it's only going to be beneficial for the men in their lives, too. Yeah, because I think you get a lot out of it. I get a lot out of it. I really do. I enjoy it. Having an impact on both of us. It's it's quite the connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Just, John, we need to practice tonight. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's 
the Luscious Lab, and now for news of the week. Ta-da! So Catalyst Con is an event uh, that's created to inspire exceptional conversations about sexuality. And uh, Woodland Hills down in Los Angeles, uh, the event will be held September 27th through the 29th. Uh, it's basically sparking the communication about all our sensuality, sexuality, and the acceptance and activism. Wow. That sounds kind of cool. Are you going? You know, I it's the same weekend as Folsom Street Fair, which is one of my favorite annual events. Uh, I am considering doing the jet setting down there for the Friday and Saturday, and then just John and I heading up for that Sunday because that normally it is a sunny, beautiful day. So we might have a fun, fun weekend. I'll oh, let you know. You want to okay. come out? Can you fly well, out? We were thinking of coming out for the fair. Well, then we might have you go and meet us in L.A., and then we'll jump over here. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be a lot of fun. We'll talk. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the professor has to actually do some professing starting in September. So. Oh. <laughs> okay. So that's the news. That's the news. That's the news. Well, we're out of time. And I'd like to thank everyone, especially Stealthy Diva, for taking the time to share your sexy, sacred secrets with us. Although you were still pretty secretive. <laughs> you will find... <laughs> supposed to make us want more. You'll that's find right. Who would That's more? it. Yeah. So we'll, you'll that's find the links... the stealthy and, part. Yes. Yeah, that's the stealthy part. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you'll find links and references for this show on the website, blissbringers.com, as well as a bunch of other stuff. Feel free to drop us a tweet or an email message. You can email us at info at blissbringers.com, or you can send us a voicemail. We love voicemails. And you can leave them on the website, or you can call our number, which is 1-231-62-BLISS, which translates to 1-231-622-5477. And until next time, what's your, your pleasure? pleasure? All names mentioned in this show are either fictional, taken from public record, or held by people who have given their explicit consent to be mentioned. Okay, well, maybe we should just, maybe we should, oh, wow.